FM, and all the time at kpfa.org. Time now for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday, February the 7th, 2012. And before I do anything else today, I just want to refer you to an article you may want to read. I know I won't have time to fit in much of it as time value here. Uh, it's in the 16th January issue of the New Yorker for 2012. 16 January. This piece was written before the horror in Port Said. You know, this tragedy that killed 74 um, soccer or football fans. You know, those people trapped, crushed, smothered when the security forces allowed a mob to get out of control. The so-called revolution or Arab Spring in Egypt seems to be turning into a crimescape, something pretty surreal. The article is all about Egypt's leading novelist and what he thinks of Arab Spring. Uh, now, of course, this article was written just before this horror in, uh, in Port Said. His name, the writer's novelist's name is... Ale Al-Azwani, last name spelled A-L, and then Al-Azwani, A-S-W-A-N-Y. The article's written by Wendell Stevenson. It's a funny spelling of the last name, got an A in it, S-T-E-A-V-E-N-S-O-N. Once again, it's the January 2012 issue of the New Yorker. It's a heartbreaking article because this novelist is a proponent of liberty in his country. Uh, his father, his parents, uh, everybody. It just sounds so familiar. It's, it's a picture of an idealist, you know, someone who believed in the revolution. <laughs> you know how that is, folks, how it goes. Um, anyway, uh, already, when this article was written, he's begun to lose his conviction uh, that democracy has arrived in his country. He knows that the military wants to keep its hold on power and that Islamic forces are rising. Uh, you know, um, the recent election would indicate that hardline Sharia law just might be on the horizon or at least part of the mix. He says he understood that the Muslim Brotherhood would be part of things, but not 
Not that the Liberal Party would uh, lose so many votes. Anyway, you can check out the article. First and foremost, um, I would check out his book and his movie. I saw the movie, oh, a couple months ago, knocked my socks off. Movie is called The Jacobian Building. Now, that's crazy spelling once. The Jacobian, Y-A-C-O-U-B-I-A-N. The, the Jacobian Building. It's a very direct show, very uh, straight from the shoulder. It's not experimental or esoteric or arcane. It just said, you know, it says, the president lied. He's a liar, you know. He made another head of state just... Um, quit the other day, retire, yeah, he talked to him on TV, the author, the novelist, and he told him uh, that he was uh, a fraud, and the guy quit the next morning. Anyway, the movie is what intrigued me first, uh, hitting me between the eyes. I think that all freedom-loving artists are kind of the same tribe. If there's any tribe, small tribe, of course, um, that recognizes... uh, it's fellow, yes, fellow men and women. It's the literary tribe. I love the descriptions of Cairo's downtown, the place where uh, all this wonderful stuff was going on, the coffee houses of our dreams. Yes, it's kind of Paris. Anyway, all the modern stuff, he says, is uh, is going. Feminism, that's to me, is modernism. It's all melting. I wish I had time to read you some bits of this. This guy's wonderful. He was reading Dostoevsky when he was 11 years old. Uh, Anyway, he says that his class is uh, crumbling, you know. He said it's now a class. Well, he says once upon a time money meant culture. No more. Uh, Anyway, I got to talk about Free speech radio today because it's very expensive. It's money day, money day. We don't have time to talk about Charlie Dickens' birthday or the Queen's coronation 60, what was it, 60 years ago she became Queen. It wasn't her coronation day. It was the day that her dad died and she became Queen, so many things to celebrate this month. Um, you know, there's uh, Black History Month. I'm going to be gone for two Tuesdays so that we can have the uh, hour-long uh, format, you know, for fundraising. And that will help raise the cash. Uh, this is leap year. There is a February 29th. Oh, right. I'll be back on February 28th, so I'll have just one day to do something for Black History Month. Last night I got out Huey Newton's book, Revolutionary Suicide, my absolute favorite. Want to be radical? Go for Huey Newton. Anyway. Uh, and, oh yeah, and I want to talk about the film Help. That's, um, I guess I'll wait and see what happens on the 26th when the Oscars air. Uh, I'll miss that too. Anyway. Yeah, I'll have to save all my notes here on Help, uh, well, actually, comes right down to it. Uh, I hope that that dog, Oogie, gets the prize. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the little dog who is so excited at the Golden Globes. He's got a part in the movie The Artist, which is up for a winning Oscar. 
Uh, it's a movie about silent movies, black and white picture called The Artist. Looks like it's going to win, uh, unless Hugo wins. Another movie about early filmmaking. I think the idea maybe was to honor that little dog, Asta, the one in the Thin Man pictures. The dog actually looks like the picture of the little dog on the phonograph records that we had in those days. I remember those. Uh, it's the little dog. He looks wrapped with attention. He's listening to the sound. Of course, no sound in this picture. Anyway, the label reads, His Master's Voice. Um, my mother didn't like that. Anyway, the little dog, he was so excited at the Golden Globes that, you know, he, he saw the flash bulbs going off, I think, and he just started dancing. He was so happy. His owner says he's going to be retired now. He doesn't have to work anymore. Today, because we're so short of time, I'm going to read you a page of my own work. And then Veronica Faisant is going to come in the last ten minutes and uh, try to persuade you to buy uh, a subscription in KPFA along with one of my books and a tape, tape that goes with it, tape of my stories and a copy of my book Telegraph Avenue. Then, that's pretty grandiose. If you have the impulse to call, you just go ahead and do that thing while I read a passage from the introduction. Uh, I may have time to get into the text. The book uh, is a memoir. It's dated 1966 to 1977. I want to give you just a little taste of the introduction. It tries to explain why women need to explain. Now, why is that women try to explain ourselves? I always said, you know, we need an editor. Have to marry an editor, somebody who can translate us. Uh, it's curious why the language doesn't always speak for us. Could it be because... It's patriarch speech. That's what it is in patriarch speech. What guys say is serious. What girls say is silly. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Uh, anyway, remember, you can get the book and the CD, Telegraph Avenue, then. Uh, I'm looking for my copy here. Yes. For 50 bucks. If you add another $10, you can... Uh, Help us, you know, you can get, uh, well, it, it's the shipping and handling is the extra 10 bucks, but $50 is enough. 60 if you want to be especially generous with shipping and handling. It's the book and the CD. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, says here, I must not forget to thank today's food owners, that's Semi Freddy's Be Healthy Honey and Chabot Creamery Cooperative and High Wire Coffee Roasters and Razan's Organic Kitchen. And you get a free bumper sticker and you can get a T-shirt. If you really just rather have a T-shirt and moi, that's $60. <laughs> KPFA T-shirt, 60 bucks. Telephone number, kids. 510-848-5732 or 1-800. Got an 800 number. one 800 Four three nine five seven three two or one eight hundred hey KPFA and you can donate online you know KPFA dot org. Oh
Oh, let's see. The total so far, 198,000. Oh, my God. Thousands. I'm sorry. I'm living on a Social Security check. This stuff just makes me weep. I can't imagine. Uh, oh, money, 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 money. I've uh, got to make money funny. Never mind. Here is the foreword to my magnum opus, Telegraph Avenue Then, published some years back. Back in the day when I was trying to occupy the heart. That was my thought. I thought I would occupy the heart of <laughs> man. <laughs> That'll be the day. Oh, like that poor guy in Egypt. Uh, I keep thinking that fiction will change the world. It just might anyway. Someone once wrote only the dead tell the truth and then not for some years. So to the journal, the record of the past tells the truth if you let it soak long enough. Over time, flesh falls from the bones. We get to the marrow of things. Myths marinate. Symbols come to the surface. What happened is only history. What matters is mythos. Most journal writing appears elliptical. You know, thoughts skip like stones across the surface of a life. It's like a seascape seen from a moving train. The beauty is glimpsed rather than known. Trivial and profound get equal time. The sincerity of the moment dies so quickly in a journal. That first rush or gush of feeling loses its suds. Honesty comes only with a slow synthesis. Honesty is the work of a lifetime. Some of the pieces I collected uh, have been synthesized. Uh, sometimes others were too muddy for publication, but Gertrude Stein once said, mud settles. That's a quote. Mud settles, she said. So, I tried to take mud and make little adobe bricks, enough to build a small house for a kind of female oversoul. Mud huts, yes. Was it Camille Paglia? She said, if women ran things, we should all be living still in mud huts. No such luck, Camille. Never mind, back to thee. Written text. Synthesis-like style has something to do with sedimentation. The settling of the sand of thought and the leaves of emotion into a compost heap of prose from which a poem may grow or a story ferment. For some of us, the compost heap itself is worth study. <laughs> Even blue mold is a map of dream. Line from a famous Japanese poet in a conventional novel. You got your exposition and narrative leading to insight. What we used to call the aha moment in school. 
We spoke of this as the narrative, the vines, yes, master narrative, vines, and then grapes, the aha moment. I just wanted to crush the grapes and make wine footnote here. Over the years, I've come to understand that I learned this from uh, MTV, from television commercials. You, you find the young people today, if you ask them, uh, they, they just want, what is it, the synthesis. They just want to cut to the chase. Writing, as I experience it, means wringing out the heart, the mind, until it stops lying. In a journal, it's possible to gnaw on the existential bone all day, <laughs> then use the bone to make stone soup for supper. Poems begin in the journal, and they often abort there. Trauma reflected upon in tranquility can produce morally stunning insights. Literary light can also produce maudlin rubbish. Yes, separate the garbage from the trash, we used to yell <laughs> when I first began to rework raw material from my journals. Yes, that was all I could do. Chaff and wheat. Uh-huh. But for some reason, I like to return to the style of the notebook because the other forms bore me. I think the honesty, the honesty comes from this, what is it, this illusion of spontaneity. Anais Nin uh, wrote a little essay called The Novel of the Future, in which she wrote, The way to recognize a dead word is that it exudes boredom. <laughs> That's what that Egyptian novelist was trying to tell us, yes. You know, never mind all the subtleties, just look at the president of your country and say, you are a liar, a fraud, a thief, a thief. Yes, that's what he told told them he was a thief. He's depending, he says, on his international reputation to keep him alive, let us hope so. Anyway, Gertrude Stein, America's quintessential language poet, writes, she writes, if you are a thinker, you will change the language. You will not use words the way others do. Now, we know that the way others do is still pretty much the same today. <laughs> Try TV. Prose is prosaic and poetry is exclusionary. Now, in recent years... Some of us had hope, or at least the illusion, that women, women might come along and change the language. Virginia Woolf wrote that all the older forms had become hardened by the time the woman writer took up the pen. But she said that the novel might still be soft in a woman's hands. Virginia Woolf suggested that women might knock the novel into new shapes and use it as an outlet for the poetry in her. Yes, it's the poetry, wrote Virginia, which is still denied an outlet. Footnote here. 
Toni Morrison won the Nobel Prize for Literature back in 1992 or 3, I can't remember which. Uh, the book that she won for is called Beloved, and it is definitely a prose poem. Uh, she had already written novels that proved she could write a perfect novel, so she wrote Beloved, which scared a lot of people that couldn't understand it, but uh, it is a monumental prose poem, and certainly it's an American novel. It's the last time an American writer won the Nobel Prize for Literature. It's been a while now. Let's see, that's 20 years, almost 20 years, folks. Anyway. Virginia wrote about the tyranny of the literary establishment. She wrote, If a writer were a free man and not a slave, if he could base his work upon his own feeling and not upon convention, there would be no plot, no comedy, no tragedy, no love interest or catastrophe in the accepted style. And she goes on. I go on here for paragraphs trying to explain why women want change. Yes, we know what's happened to that word. That one's been chewed up and spat out. Women, too, are slaves, not free men, Virginia wrote in 1928. I thought of all the women's novels that lie scattered like small pockmarked apples in an orchard all around the second-hand bookshops in London. It was the flaw in the center that had rotted them. The woman writer had altered her values in deference to the opinion of others. I have Veronica Faison in here, and she's going to try to convince you that this book is worth having, along with some CDs of my short stories. Uh, still waving my little flag here, my little feminist fist in the air. <laughs> what do you mean I'm going to try, Jennifer? You, you've got that? to make it happen. Okay, we can make it happen because yes. I know that your fans, the ones that are listening to you right now, are just, they can't wait to get to the telephone and dial area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Jennifer, I'm just always impressed about how many of your listeners I come in contact with when I'm out in the world. And uh, so I expect them to call. In other words, that's why I'm saying this. You mean so somebody's right now, listening? Yeah, somebody's <laughs> listening. There's nobody on the phone right now. Okay. But as far as I can tell, Maybe the telephone call. number is area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. This is an opportunity to demonstrate your support for Jennifer's show. What's the name of your show? Thank you, Veronica. Stone's Throw. I got a letter the other day from a dear listener. She said, oh, Jennifer, she said, I wish that you would just uh, uh, confine your show to being an out-and-out feminist. And I thought, my God, uh, after 30 years. Are you uh, an out-and-out feminist? Are you kidding? You're in the closet. Inside, not just inside out, dear. Okay. I think, you know, it's not even political. It's, it's, I thought I was a feminist philosopher. Now, how's that for grandiose? Exactly. So now it's time to take care of some business. So go to the phone and call area code 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. I see one person on the line. Why don't you be the next one to saunter all over to your phone or reach out in your pocket. If hey, if you're driving, pull over. God That's the only bless thing. you. Five ten 
848-5732. Whoever is calling. 1-800-439-5732. Now, what Jennifer has for you is her book and a CD of her reading from the book. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, for $50. And actually, if you could pledge $60, a little extra for shipping that helps. and handling, that would be great. So, uh, at the least... You can join for $25. KPFA can make you a voting member. You can express your opinion about what goes on <laughs> with your vote. The telephone number, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Jennifer, one person is on the line. I know. Do you have more than one something, listener? I'm wondering. Something's better than, you know, that's No, that's, no, no. We want those other people who are out there. The, the ones that are trying to hide. We see you. <laughs> Call us. I, I, ten. I have more and more paragraphs here all about this. Uh, I know that, but we gotta, they got to donate the money right. if they want you to continue to be able to read right here during this time slot on Tuesday from 3 to 3.30, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. We have about five minutes left to this. And uh, actually, our goal is to raise $500 oh, well. in, the, in that time. That's my goal that I set. Okay. You, I know we can do it with your help. Go ahead. Pick up. You know, why don't you be the next one to call? Do you realize how many listeners we have out there, Jennifer? A lot of them. And if we can get even 10 people, well, 20 people calling and pledging $25 <laughs> or uh, 10 people pledging $50 Sixty dollars. You got it. It's the book and the CD. Area code five ten eight four eight five seven three two, or one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. What were you going to say, Jennifer? No, I just about say here. It says here that you know writing about real female sexual needs is about as popular with editors and publishers as writing about. Oops, I can't say that on the air. Please don't. <laughs> yes, area code. If you want to hear some more of this, five ten. Eight four eight five seven three two or one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. We need some folks on the line. We know you're out there. Go ahead and join at whatever level is comfortable for you. We don't want you to go into debt, but we want you to know that we need your support and we do have bills to pay. We have the phone bill, we have the electricity bill, we have to uh the electricity is, is off the hook because we have to deal with the transmitter. That lean and hungry looks. You know what it here. is? It's what you have to play. You have to pay at home multiplied times fifty, probably there on a regular go. basis. So area code five ten eight four eight five seven three two. 1-800-439-5732. This is the same little lonely one light lit up over there, Jennifer. When, and I yes. think I would like for the four people who are thinking about it and who haven't called yet to go ahead and pick up the phone and call us. Uh, you know, just demonstrate your support for Jennifer, this wonderful... You're almost an institute. Do you like being referred to as an, as institution? an institution? What was it Catherine Hepburn used to say? She feels like the Flatiron Building. <laughs> she well, said, I've been around so long, I look like a Flatiron Building. Well, okay. This yeah, is so. um, Jennifer has contributed and is contributing her time free to you. It says here, but, yes, women are forbidden to write about the life of the body. Okay, right. folks. Okay, Jennifer, yeah. come on, help me with this. 510-848-5732. Yes. Or 
510-848-5732. I wake up at 4 in the morning saying these numbers. 1-800-439-5732. And you can also... Uh, play securely online at www.kpfa.org. Often and slowly, it says here. I love that. Very slowly. 1-800-439-5732. Okay, so our goal, overall goal for this fun drive is $800,000. Right now, we're at one ninety-eight. Thousand. We're a little short now, so we really need your help and support here. Um, Area code 510-848-5732-1800-439-5732. There are two people online. Thank you for that call. Why don't Thank you be you. the next one to call area code 510-848-5732. We have to demonstrate that Jennifer's listeners also support this process, support her being here with their money. Somebody somewhere gives a damn. You just gotta gotta feel that somebody somewhere gives a damn otherwise. We, we know we know they do care, Jennifer, and we have like a minute left. And you still have an opportunity to call. Area code five ten eight four eight five seven three two one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two Jennifer Stone's you, throw. You can call later today, folks. You can call. The books are sitting there. The CDs are sitting there. Yeah. Just and mention Jennifer's name yes. when you do. Write me a letter and tell me how you feel about these matters, about whether or not we should have feminism at the front of the, what is it? I think feminism is the most progressive thing on the planet. All but right. You got the word from Jennifer. You still have less than uh, 30 seconds to call 510-848-5732-1800-439-5732. Thank you for the two people on the line. Go Thank ahead. You. you can do it. Add to the number. Thank you. The goddess, the goddess, you know, what is that? Anoints you. <laughs> Promise.